See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Back is Cutler, second and 10 of the 20. Backs up, now throws, left side, back shoulder fade, Jeffrey, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. A team that is known as Cutler takes the snap, blitzes on, he's going to screen it left, caught at the 12, here's Lankford 15-20, Lankford 25-30, Lankford away at the 40, a block from Wilson at the 40 of the Rams, Lankford angling middle of the field, running away from the Rams to the 10, 5, end zone, touchdown Bears! Bears Hour live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitoshin. With me, as always, are the superfans. I'm smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You're listening to Lauren Cox and Phil Atoshin after the Bears' loss to the Indianapolis Colts here in Week 5. The Bears were in it for quite a bit of this game. The offense kind of was moving the ball pretty well, and the defense was stepping up on some third downs, but ultimately Hoyer came up short in the red zone. Some penalties certainly had something to do with that, and we'll break it all down here. But, Phil, we got to start with the quarterback play. I mean, Brian Hoyer had almost 400 yards of offense through the air, but it wasn't a good game. It wasn't an impressive 400 yards by any means. I mean, I get the impression, and I've seen some other people talking about this on Twitter, obviously it comes back to Jay Cutler and Brian Hoyer. Do the Bears win this game if Jay Cutler's under center? I, I tend to think they do. Uh, to me, it's pretty obvious. Um, games on the line, you want your best bat at the plate. And it's no different in this game. And, you know, you, let's really reel this in and talk football. Because Twitter scouts and stat scouts alike seem to walk hand in hand. You have a narrative, you want to jump in on it, but the reality is when games are on the line, Jay Cutler has won them. He's a big-time, big-play player. That's what he does well. What he doesn't do well is well-documented. I don't know how we've continued to discuss his toughness and all that, but I think you saw a game plan put in place where, again, your running back is running the football well, Lauren. And first time... In a long time, we have back-to-back 100-yard games. He's breaking tackles. You're within three points, and you start running the run and shoot, and you're running simple outs and routes. And this is a poor Indianapolis Colt defense. Let's not forget this. But the bottom line is you have a franchise player that you put a tag on, making, what, $16 million, Lauren? What's his cap number? I think it's like 14.7 or something 14.7 like that. $14.7 million, and you – fail to look at him with the game on the line in crucial situations. I'm sorry, you Twitter hacks, you writers of nobody. It's reality versus stupidity there. You got to go. Do you think the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo aren't going to Des Bryant there? Is Eli throwing to crazy man with blonde hair, Lauren? Odell Beckham. Yeah, oh. I don't know about anymore, but he he was before. The ball. You're getting the ball to the guy that brings you the, the bread. And, well, and, that's and today where the it was Cam Meredith is. that was bringing huh? the bread, you know? Well, we skipped over him for weeks. We skipped yeah. over Jordan Howard for weeks. The reality of this team is one with which, you know, the football-educated fan has had these questions since August. They're playing out on the big stage, the Connor Barth 
Jordan Howard, Cam Meredith not being rotated in with Kevin White. And and this this game of Jay Cutler, why are we even talking? If the guy's hurt, he's hurt. When he comes back, he's your best. You play your best. Why is Chris Brzezinski out there? He's your best. At what point do we look at this for what it is? This isn't a numbers game. I could throw out Andre Ware through 485 yards in an NFL game. Okay, was he a great football player at quarterback? He won the Heisman in college, Phil. Yeah, but yeah, look at his stats. This is the NFL. Brian Hoyer is a serviceable backup. He's he's a game manager. He can't hit the deep ball consistently. And when you need to win the football game, what it's all about at the end of the day, you're in possession of it. Yes, there's errors out there, fumbles, holding penalties. That's part of the game. It's for Jay. It's for Warren Moon. It's for whoever. But you got to be able to read that Alshon Jeffrey in a one-on-one matchup is where you're going with the football with the game on the line. Well, and, you know, this game was kind of exactly how we talked about it all week. It's this, and the Colts' defense is going to be bad. The Bears are going to have an opportunity to put up points, and they're probably going to have some trouble stopping Andrew Luck, and it's going to kind of turn into a shootout, and neither one of us was sure if Brian Hoyer could win in a shootout because he is that game manager. And, you know, he put up two touchdowns, but they left a lot of points on the field, especially you know, that those Connor Barth missed field goals, even though only one technically counts. If you get if you get one of those field goals, it's a three point game on that last drive of the game and you get to the red zone and stall on third down, then you kick the field goal and <laughs> maybe he misses that one too, but at least you know, you don't have to go for it on fourth down. But ultimately I, t- I mean I totally agree that Jay Cutler wins you this game. I mean we know I mean, there were so many opportunities for this team to score more points, and Brian Hoyer just couldn't find guys past the past the sticks, couldn't hit guys on deep balls, and there were a couple of throws that really just left your head scratching. And I don't care how many yards he had, I don't care what his completion percentage was, you need more from your quarterback position. But you know, even on top of that, you need more from your offensive coordinator because it started to kind of get back to the same game plan we saw with Jay Cutler in the first game where. The running game's working, and you just kind of abandon it. I mean, Jordan Howard only finished with 16 carries, and I think you need with the way he was running, he's averaged 7.4 in the game, needs a minimum of 20, and probably 20 by the third quarter. You know what I mean? I mean, he should have gotten the ball more. He should have taken the ball more out of Hoyer's hands. I mean, that, that says all you need to know about the quarterback, is if you're thinking we should have taken the ball out of his hands more, and that's not the guy you need under center. That's not the guy that's going to win you ball games because no one was, no one should be confident in Brian Hoyer to put your team ahead. And I, I think it's a lot easier to be confident in Jay Cutler, who has come up in so many fourth quarter situations in the past. He, how many game winning drives did he orchestrate last year? And how how many drives were there where he took the late lead and then the defense gave up the late touchdown to lose the game? I mean, right. he, that is his bread and butter. And we saw Brian Hoyer fall short in that. And that should be all you need to know. Give give Jay Cutler a running back that's averaging 7.4 yards per carry. Give him Cameron Meredith, who's who's balling out for nine catches and 130 yards. And give him Alshon Jeffrey, who's wide open and just not being found. And you are putting up a lot more than, what was it, 23 points in this game? I mean, let's be honest here. This Colts defense was not good, and the Bears left points on the field all game. Well, it comes back to Coach Fox. The decision-making, the kicker, uh, bringing up a fullback this week made zero sense. Uh, Critical point in the game, Lauren. Guy comes clean to block a punt. He closes his eyes. you got to be a player and make that block there. Is he scared? I have no idea. He was afraid of the ball or make a play. He just, how do you miss that? 
You were there ready to do it. If not, you could tackle the punter, for God's sake. It's okay. <laughs> he could have. Yeah, he could have. Reality, reality is it didn't happen. I mean, those types of things play a part, an intricate part. You talked about the Connor Barth. He misses two, two field goals that could have turned the tides and given your offense a little backup where you can huddle up decide you're going to run, have a run threat here. They're just running, run and shoot down the field, which showcased to me how bad the Indianapolis Colts defense was, as well as them getting banged up. Now they're into their third or fourth corner. And, and, and the story is going to be misconstrued with numbers. And that's where numbers never tell the whole story in a football game. And it's unfortunate because the Bears should have been victorious on this day, and they weren't. And you know, as as much as we do pile on Connor Barth, and he should have made, he should be more consistent as a field goal kicker. He did hit three field goals, and I think, you know, one, one was from 49 yards, so he gets at least a little bit of credit. But obviously, we always talk about that's your job, so you can't give right. too much praise for just doing their job. But certainly, having him attempt four field goals, well, technically five with the penalty, but four drives ending in field goal attempts, that to me points to some quarterback inefficiency, and it points to not using Jordan Howard enough in the running game to make it easier on your quarterback. I mean, it always comes down to that. But we've cool. talked a lot about the def- the offense earlier here, Phil. Let's talk a little bit about the defense not being able to get a pass rush. I mean, Willie Young had those three sacks, but really outside of him, there was there wasn't much. I mean, you saw some more of Christian Jones, but he couldn't get much of a pass rush, and your defensive linemen really weren't doing a ton. Jordan or Jonathan Bullard got in on one, and I think Cornelius Washington got a little bit of pressure, but couldn't get much more than that. What did you see out of these pass rushers? Well, I think I think the blame goes to Vic Fangio. I don't understand. You know, you have a scouting department some odd deep. They're getting paid a salary for the season that most of us listening in or talking right now don't even can't even reach or realize. So that's where you use your scouting department. If they came back and said, let's play three rush and drop into coverage against Andrew Luck, which is befitting for him because that's where he's at his best, it becomes a seven-on-seven drill with an NFL quarterback. You're not getting home with Mitch Unrein, okay? I don't understand how this game plan posted out with not blitzing this guy and forcing uh, Danny Trevathan to man up against their tight end and bring Jarrell Freeman every down. I don't care. You just come off the corner, give him false looks, bring the nickel. You didn't do any of that. We're just sitting there rushing three, sometimes four. Every time you rushed, it was almost like you got home on a sack. To me, I saw you know Cornelius Washington was a difference – I felt like clearly he's the better player than Mitch Unrein. Mitch Unrein is short down a distance. Same thing with John Timu, as we talked about last week. You could just see it. It's time. Start Washington. He gets pop off the snap. Maybe he was banged up, so they waited on that. But the appropriate thing to do, Lauren, is you got to assess yourself here. You've got one guy deep. Who's the backup for uh, Josh Sutton inside at the nose guard? Will because- Sutton. Will Sutton, sorry, Josh sitting in my head. Will Sutton, you know, you got to look at some depth here. Instead, we're signing fullbacks. Yeah, they I, don't I don't have, get it. I don't they don't get have it. defensive line depth because they cut T.J. Wilson, you know, on Saturday. <laughs> and he gets paid that game check, Brad Biggs was saying on Twitter. So good for him. Two weeks in a row, he gets cut on Saturday and still gets paid. 
But yeah, um, looking at the numbers here, I, I know you just talked about numbers. Yards don't matter, but what one number that does matter, uh, Andrew Luck was under pressure on 13 of his 46 dropbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, the Bears blitzed 12 times. Uh, two of the five sacks came on blitzes, and three of them came on non-blitzes. And and but and to clarify, the definition of blitz is not just a non-lineman rushing. It's it's four. It's more than four rushers. So they sent more than four on 12 plays and got two sacks on those plays. But I think there's a key thing there about sending Jarrell Freeman every time. Is one of the sacks they got earlier this season on Brock Osweiler that worked really well. They they sent Jarrell Freeman up the middle and. You know, the, he went unblocked all the way to Osweiler, but they dropped Leonard Floyd into coverage on the right side. So it was only a four-man rush, so you've still got seven back in coverage. You can run your full zone drop, but you're still getting that blitz pressure on the quarterback coming from a place that the offensive line isn't expecting it, and that's what we needed to see more from Vic Fangio. And even some more stunts, because it, it seemed like I, I noticed it a few times, and they got home on quite a few of them, but the Colts offensive line struggled with that, and I, I think we should have seen some more of that in this game. It should have been. It's very clear that you're banged up at the outside linebacker position. You need help there. The best way to help yourself is to be aggressive. Lock those guys up in man. You know, the Callahan story is getting frustrating. (laughs) So is the Prasinski story. Let's focus in on those two players. Callahan has God-given ability beyond anything you can't deny that the reality is the guy can't stay healthy and it's frustrating because there's no consistency there to help your defense so now you're rotating again with younger players and they're giving up big chunks and and, you know he was having a good game but the injury stuff has got to stop so what do you do you they bring in Jacoby Glenn in a physical game he gets beat the same old story here you gotta just continue to try to press and my guy LeBlanc had his moments of shaking my head at it. It was like they were just lost out there in the secondary and it becomes back to Prasinski. You know, Lauren, you had a quote from Fox talking about Prasinski. Go ahead and yeah, share it. I don't have any, a word for word quote, but apparently after the game he was asked about Prasinski coming in for uh, Harold Jones-Corte, and he said it was performance-based. And Jones-Corte played 10 snaps in this game. Prasinski came in and played 58. And I don't know what he saw out of Harold Jones-Corte in 10 snaps that he thought was enough to bench him for the rest of the game. But Jones-Corte had been playing very well the previous games, and I didn't really even get a good feel for how well he was playing in this one on those 10 snaps. I know he, you know, he didn't miss any tackles, and I don't recall him getting burned in coverage at all, or and PFF doesn't have him credited with any targets in coverage either. I mean, it makes no sense to me that you bench Jones-Corte and put in Pruszynski, who has shown you nothing through a few games. And Pruszynski had a bunch of tackles in this one, but he also seemed to be out of position quite a few times on the back end and just isn't a very good coverage safety. He seems to me like a special teams guy only, kind of like Sherrick McManus. And I don't know why you're putting him into the game and not, you know, maybe give DeAndre Houston Carson a chance if you really don't feel like Harold Jones Corte is doing it for you. Or, and where is Dion Bush? Is he hurt? <laughs> yeah, fourth I'm not round even, I don't remember seeing him on the injury report that much, and he's been inactive for these games. I mean, where are your younger safeties? I mean, that to me is a big question. The reality is uh, unknown. There was a break in confusion, and we saw a fight. A bit, a bit of a scuffle, a verbal mess that could have been bigger altercation between Amos and Harold Jones Corte on that Dwayne Allen touchdown off the action on fourth down. Uh, 
Um, and I think that was his last play. I think that, that, that was, was when they benched him. And Terrell Freeman came and stepped in and broke it up. But the reality is, you know, why are we benching guys that are playing well? Okay, fights and disagreements are going to happen. But, you know, I can name a few guys that haven't played well but are sitting out there starting. So, <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> the consistency at this level is is ridiculous. And when we go back to the touchdown play, I mean, that was a high school play for T.Y. Hilton. It's a post route. Uh, Jacoby Glenn opens up his hips. Uh, Amos, uh, Amos is directed to the out. So now you're free top, but your backside safety has a short, skinny post. That's Prasinski. He's on the hash. I don't know what he's standing there for because the read is the quarterback's eyes. He's in zone. He over just the top. He just stood there, watched the wind-up and the delivery and the execution, and he enjoyed the popcorn as he watched T.Y. Hilton walk into the end zone. That's what you get with this kind of stuff. You, you know, your question is very good. Where is Deion Bush? Where is uh, Houston Carson? Because it's got to be better than that. I mean, that was a critical play in the game. Again, no blitz on that. Just straight up uh, zero coverage with the free safety roaming, and he didn't make the play. And and you talk about a guy coming into the game for, for Jones Corte, who was benched for performance base, and you put in Chris Brzezinski. I mean, I, I just don't know. After that play, like that T.Y. Hilton play, exactly, he like stood there and looked and watched T.Y. Hilton. He kind of just was like, oh, there goes the ball, and there's T.Y. Hilton in the end zone. And I don't know why... He gets banished, and like I, I coughed and mentioned Mitch Unrein when you were talking about it. But you know, Cornelius Washington played a good 32 snaps in this game, but Jonathan Bullard only plays 16, and Mitch Unrein's out there for 43. And you talked about Will Sutton; he only ended up playing 22 snaps because they took him out in nickel situations for the most part. So he's basically only their base nose tackle, but they definitely need depth on that defensive line right now because you know they seem to be all right. At inside linebacker, outside linebacker, you want more from Sam Acho. You want a little more from what Christian Jones was able to give you today. But when Leonard's Floyd, when Leonard Floyd's healthy, at least you'll have another body there. And we should only be a few weeks from Pernell McPhee coming back, assuming he is going to come back off that pup list. You never know with that knee. But really, huh. that defensive line is where the depth is missing because you've got young players at pretty much every other position. And and you know we're we're seeing some of the veterans step up. You know, obviously Freeman and Trevathan and Tracy Porter and. Adrian Amos are all playing well, as you would expect, but man, they still have question marks and there's still uh, accountability issues there. It's like, why is Harold Jones Corte the only one that's finally being held accountable when he probably didn't even need to be held accountable, but yet Bobby Massey is still out there and he's not being benched for performance-based, or Logan Paulson is out there missing a few blocks and he's not being benched at all. I mean, Ben Broniker is just sitting there waiting to get more snaps. He played one on offense in this game. And Kadeem Carey plays two on offense in this game, just if you were wondering. But, I mean, there was no reason to take Jordan Howard out of this game. But still, you know what I mean? Like, the, most of the offense played most of the snaps. They didn't do a lot of rotating. So, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, why is why is Jones Corte getting the butt end of this, like, this all of a sudden found accountability when no one else is? The reality is 500 yards of offense on the football field, you get 23 points. I mean, come on, guys. This isn't. I'll call you. You're you're just pulling for Jay Cutler. You just. It's reality. I mean, you got to throw to the end zone. You got to make plays. The same things you're talking about. This was a B 
beat up Indianapolis Colts team. I honestly think it's very clear, very concise. You've got some playmakers out there ready to make plays, not hitting your franchise football player with the game on the line. I mean, it's simple one-on-one math. You had one-on-one coverage there. You hit them, you win the game. It's simple as that. Hoyer didn't. The defensive rotation and the philosophy of this game plan made no sense. None. And John Fox holding a it's Brian Hoyer's job to lose uh, mantra. Well, you better look at the whole thing then. Because just like Lauren said, Bobby Massey was a critical holding penalty. Right when the game's on the line, your tackle has a holding penalty? I mean, he got pummeled over. He probably didn't even hold him. The guy tripped over him. That's how bad it was. But the reality is, Lauren, you can't win like this. You can't. You just can't win like they played today. And and we'll open it up for calls here at 608-467-5717. And, and as we're waiting for calls to come in, one number I got to point to for the Brian Hoyer, Jay Cutler thing, Brian Hoyer was under pressure on six of his 43 dropbacks today. He had plenty of time to throw Plenty of time to find open receivers. Plenty of time to miss wide open Alshon Jeffries. And, I mean, let's be honest. You give Jay Cutler time to throw, and you give him a running back that's got 7.4 yards per carry, breaking off 50-yard runs. I mean, there's no question that he torches this Indianapolis Colts defense up and down. Maybe he throws an interception. Big deal. But if he puts up 35 points and throws that interception, I don't think you're going to care too much. I don't think you're going to care too much if he fumbles and still puts up five touchdowns and still wins this game as the defense. You know, it, it takes pressure off the defense. I mean, we talk about the defense trying to take pressure off of Brian Hoyer. Let's talk about this offense taking pressure off this defense. If Jay Cutler's putting up points, and this defense isn't just trying to keep the Colts from putting up more points, but they're actually playing with a lead. Vic Fangio can get a little more aggressive. He can feel more comfortable sending the blitz at Andrew Luck. It only makes everyone else better. So it's, there's so much more of a back and forth when you have a guy like Jay Cutler at quarterback where it's not just – okay, let's see if the offense can get a few points here. It's okay, let's let's watch the offense put up a touchdown on these guys as Jay Cutler finds Alshon Jeffrey 15 times as he runs over Patrick Robinson. And then this defense can come out and just kind of do what they have to do and, you know, get after Andrew Luck. Um, uh, caller, we got somebody on the phone here. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Joe, Chicago Bears AFR from the office. <laughs> Joe hey, from Joe. Scranton. Scranton. Next week I'll have the office theme song lined up for you. Don't worry. <laughs> I need to go back to the office, Joe. Because... Yeah, well, you know, you guys really hit on a lot of points that, that, that I, I wanted to I wanted to bring up. I mean, this Hoyer is better than Cutler. Hoyer is, you know, Hoyer's the next coming. You just need to stop. I mean, he could have thrown for 500 yards and, you know, three touchdowns this game. It just, regardless, I mean, he can move the ball in between the 20s all day, but if you're not going to get it in the red zone, and if you're not going to look at Alshon Jeffrey, um, it's it's pointless. You know, uh, I think, I firmly believe if, if, if we had Jay, if Jay was in the game, um, especially with the blocking and the way that we're running the ball now with Jordan Howard, who uh, I kind of forget who Jeremy Langford was, uh, I think we'd see a much we would have we would have beaten the Colts easy, you know. Um, and you make a good the point only other about, thing. 
Jeremy Langford too. I mean, when he comes back, it's it's still Jordan Howard's job. I mean, you talk about the quarterbacks. Oh, if Jay when Jay Cutler's healthy, will it be his job? I think Jeremy Langford's pretty well lost his running back's job here. I mean, there's no reason not to just keep handing it off to Jordan Howard. Oh yeah, uh, Jordan Howard. I, I I just when 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 we hand the ball when he gets the ball, you know, you don't see a pitter patter. You don't see hesitation. Mm-hmm. He sees the hole. He hits the hole. And he bursts through it. There's an acceleration, and there's a there's a there's a violence when he runs the ball that you don't get with Jeremy Langford. He falls forward. He low. He gets his pad level down. He's a much different runner than Jeremy Langford. He's the kind of runner that actually this Bears offensive line needs. I agree um, with you, Joe, because the offensive line is not clean. In fact. That last drive where they scored, I thought, was the best I've seen in two years. To yep. see them move the line of scrimmage, you're feeling it, you go down, you take the lead, only to give up that big touchdown to T.Y. Hilton, and then you completely get away from the rookie running back here. It makes zero yeah. sense. It made zero sense. You got the clock on your side. You had an injury happen to their defense. Then you come out playing the run and shoot again. And honestly, you can't make it up with the Chicago Bears. It's pathetic, to be honest, that we're even debating Hoyer versus Cutler at this point. Oh, yeah. And it's it's pathetic that fans get mixed up into that kind of sheep sheep's head bay narrative. Because they look at the it's box score. Is. It's, it's, it's just mainstream media trying to push, trying to push a narrative, another QB controversy, because they basically hate Jay Cutler. It's the personality. It's the not smiling. It's the he, He's an easy target because he's thrown interceptions, yeah. because he's had no help. He, has, he hasn't had a defense in a few years, it seems, and he hasn't had an offensive line in even longer. He's never – he's barely had – one offensive coordinator that's done him very well. I mean, Adam Gase did a decent job. Mike Martz did a decent job when it was all said and done, considering how far they got with him. But, I mean, he's such an easy target to take a team sport and a team failure. And if and the media is looking to pin it on one person for a story, there it is right there, yeah. the quarterback. And the defense, uh, you know, we can't win with this bend but don't break. You know, I, I mean, I, I thought with Andrew Luck, the key to beating the Colts was was pressuring Andrew Luck. He's not good under he's not very good under pressure. I felt that we could have we, we could have sent the house a lot more than what we actually did. Um, you know, I I know Fangio Fangio's trying to do what he can do with the players he has, but at some point he's got to be held accountable too. You know, for the his, for for the type of play calling and, and the personnel that's out there. You know, when you guys mentioned about Mitch Unrein. And other players, yeah, you know what? Cornelius Washington needs to be starting. There's no reason why he should not be starting. I agree, Joe. Uh, it's pretty easy yep. to see on tape, too. You, you want someone who's going to move the line of scrimmage, move the dial, have his head in the backfield, and understand where the football's going. Mitch Unrein just gives up on plays. If that's acceptable, then why the F is Harold Jones Cortega in pulled? I don't understand yep. that. Prasinski yeah. sitting on the hash in that coverage is disgusting. With the game in the balance, your defense needs to make a, a play and a stand. No one could make a play. Nobody could yeah. make a play. And the other thing they about going, the other thing about going back to Jay Cutler versus Hoyer, we're five games into this season. Okay, 
You're five games more continuity with your offensive line. There's going to be some growth there that in the first two games going against premier pass rushers that weren't available to Jay Cutler. So let's Uh tap the brakes on number scouts, guys. Seriously. Call in. Let's talk about it. You want Hoyer over Cutler? I challenge you. Call in. Let's talk about this like men. Or shout out to Christina girl, uh, 88 on Twitter, because she sent me a, a pick of Jay Cutler, the NFL's leader since 2009 in fourth quarter comeback touchdowns. 21. No, no. Since 2009. No, no 12. Oh, okay. 12. Uh, Tom Brady with eight. Matthew Stafford with 10, and Peyton Manning, Tony Romo with eight as well. So there you go, Lauren. It suits to what it was that you were saying. The history doesn't matter to people. It's it's a what happened and what have you done lately, aside from the toughness and the things that have had to be combated by the quarterback in Chicago. Because the only thing that's still on people's mind is that interception against Philadelphia Eagles when he's hurt and he can't grip the ball and he throws it right into the linebacker's hands. And so, well, there's Jay Cutler. He always throws interceptions. There it was. And it, it totally ignores everything else about this player and everything that goes into every single throw. It's it's an 11-man offense. You know what I mean? And when the quarterback is hurt, the offensive line's not giving him time to throw. His receivers aren't getting separation. And there's offensive coordinators not running the ball. What can the guy do? But that's the last thing on people's mind. They have this negative idea of Jay Cutler that's continued by the media. And Brian Hoyer throws for 400 yards, and Jay Cutler wasn't doing that. So, I mean, obviously the quarterback's got to be doing something right. Isn't that right, Phil? <laughs> yeah, he's checked down Charlie, and he's allowing his, <laughs> he's allowing his players to make plays. I mean, that's what the game is about. But when the game's on the line and you need to have someone make a play – and you didn't even look. He didn't even peek at the one-on-one matchup. Why do you think Jeffrey, of all people, Lord, he's never thrown a hissy fit in his time here. He threw two in the same game and threw his helmet to the ground. He ain't trying to show up Brian Hoyer. He's frustrated with Brian Hoyer because you're not a big-time player when it matters most. And that's unfortunately what the Bears need. They need big-time players to make big plays because ultimately there's been a lack of there's a big influx of raw talent without big-time players and your one franchise player that with the game on the line gets wide open guys Alshon Jeffrey with three steps is wide open for that guy Hoyer could have thrown his annual balloon toss and he would have (laughs) came down with that because the reality is that's where you should have been going with the football, and he didn't even look that way. Yeah, well, you know, if you want somebody that's going to throw the ball, you know, uh, un- under 10 yards constantly, you know, underneath underneath the coverage, then Brian Hoyer's that guy. But with the type of run, with the run game coming on the way it is now, our pass pro improving, aside from Massey consistently being on his ass, um, you know, there's a difference. When it comes to delivering, when it comes to uh, – you know, throwing the ball, throwing the ball 30, 40 yards downfield. Uh, Hoyer delivers balls to the stands, and Cutler drops dimes. All right, Joe. Well, I think uh, uh, I, th- I think we're going to let you go here and open it up for everyone else. Oh, but 
thanks for calling in. You made some great points and generated some great discussions. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear from you again next week, Joe. Joe, we... all right, later, guys. Great Fair stuff, down. Joe. That's a tough all right. one. And you know, uh, before before we uh, before we let this next caller in and talk, one thing I wanted to mention too. I mean, you, you talk about Brian Hoyer and you know the, playing the best quarterback. Would would you consider playing Matt Barkley real quick next week, Phil? Yes or no? <laughs> you know, uh, I would. If it's going to be Hoyer and they're going to trade Jay Cutler or whatever's in the works, because that's the only rationale I've come to. That's the only reason why you would sit Jay Cutler is if you have a trade with the Arizona Cardinals or the Rams or somebody and you're getting some incentive for the future, then why not play Matt Barkley and find out what this young kid, you know, this kid, had he come out his junior year, would have been in the top five as a draft choice. He played himself out of that. See what you got in him. He could check down too. He can make plays too. It's it's not hard. Third and fifteen, guys. Six yard dig. Good call. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, we've got our next caller on the line. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Calling. My name is AJ. I'm calling from Chicago. AJ. He's back. This guy yeah. looks sounds. AJ, you sound <laughs> like you just watched the final scene of Rocky, and you know. He died or something. No, I'll be I'll be completely honest with you guys. I am baked at the moment, so oh, I'm trying oh, to yeah. <laughs> Harold and Kumaring yeah. it. Woo. <laughs> All right, so uh, little do you know, I'm an undercover cop, and we're coming to your house right now. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, like I can bring it over to you. You can come over here. It doesn't matter. All right. Anyways. Um, I don't know what Brian Hoyer is doing, throwing in triple coverage to Cam Meredith. I mean, he did have that cool catch, and then after that, he turned around and had that fumble. But Alshon Jeffrey is wide open on the left side. I mean, like if I'm if I'm a quarterback, I'm going at my number one wide receiver right now, and that's Alshon Jeffrey. And we've seen it in the past, like him making heroic catches. The one against the Cowboys, still the wallpaper of my TV. Um, I don't know, and then like. The penalties are killing us. Like, what's Jordan Howard doing grabbing at someone's face mask when he has an open lane to the end zone? Like, what's going on here? And then Eddie Royal fumbling. Like, if he didn't fumble, he's all he's in the end zone easily. His speed will take him to the end zone. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with the team anymore, honestly. Well, <laughs> there's, a lot go, there's a lot of sloppiness, and that goes back to coaching, AJ. I mean, there's no yeah. way around it. You're pulling Harold Jones' quarte out of because yeah, of blue like, coverage. You've got to hold players what, accountable. That's what it's yeah. got to be, and he's not holding and the like, right. Why isn't, why isn't Bullard starting by now? And what's, what's, is Bush injured? Like, what's going on? Like, did he, like, break his ankle? I, like like I double-checked the whatever. injury report, and Dion Bush was not there at all. Yeah, he's, he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, like, he's out of Miami. It's a hard in safety. Like, play him. And, like, Cam Chancellor was a fifth-round pick. I mean, like, look, look, where he's at. look where he's at right now. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I really think this is John Fox's last year as that coach. Like, I think he's gone. I don't think, I don't think Pace wanted him in the beginning. I think he wanted somebody else, but... I think he's gone, along with Loggins. See, I don't feel like he's. I don't feel like Pace is gonna let him go. But I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I mean, I I need to see how the rest of the season goes. But I wouldn't necessarily disagree 
with moving on from John Fox, but I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think they're going to abandon this. I think it's easy enough for them to say, okay, well, guys are injured and we're trying to find a new quarterback and, and kind of throw yeah. out these excuses for coaching failures and bring right. everyone back. Maybe not Dowell Loggins, yeah. maybe not Dave Magazoo, but pretty much everyone back for next yeah. year and kind of start yeah. a rebuild again. Like, Phil, I know you talked about this on the podcast this week over at the Bears Barroom about how it's it's easy – was that on the podcast, Phil, where you are talking about how, yeah. it's, how John Fox, it's easy to, to see sort of the long-term game here where – he gets another three years if you go into next season with a new quarterback because it's kind of like, well, now the new quarterback is the excuse to keep his job even longer. That's that exactly what – that's what I fear in this Hoyer-Cutler mantra. Yeah. If the guy has been hurt, guys, we're talking Jay Cutler now. According yeah. to John Fox, we talked about this on a podcast – with colleagues at the Bears bar room. If he was hurt in Houston, tried to stomach and play through it against Philly, then ultimately you're got your quarterback hurt and now you've opened up Brian Hoyer is playing to lose the job because he's you're saying he's your starter. He's your best. So that to me he's, is he's that only egg gonna on the win face. another game. That's it. I, we're gonna be two and fourteen. Hoyer is a back of the best. Like, I'm telling you, like, okay, like, I don't see us, like, with, with Hoyer right now, I don't see us winning the next three games. To be honest, we're going to be one and seven. He made a couple good throws in this game. Um, he threw that nice ball to Jeffrey down the side, threw the touchdown yeah. to Meredith. I can't kill the guy because he wasn't out there, you know, pulling a, uh, what is it called? Oh. A, Jason Campbell. <laughs> Jason Campbell, yeah. How about what was the other one? And these are Bear fans forget. Todd Caleb Haney, Collins. Todd Collins. What was the Josh kid from Ohio Todd State? Todd Caleb Haney. Who's the kid from Ohio State, Lord? Uh Krenzel. Krenzel. Oh, Craig Craig Krenzel. Craig Krenzel. He didn't go out there and pull a Krenzel and the guy's yeah. a serviceable I mean, I, backup. Yeah. There's no denying yeah. it. But the ultimate He hasn't thrown a pick yet. So I mean like if the interceptions yeah, matter to me, yeah, but... Uh. Those, the picks are going to happen in the NFL. Yeah. And unfortunately, Bear fans have been medicated by a media that think that they're the end-all, be-all. The reality is winning the football game, having a competent defense, having an investment along the offensive line to protect your quarterback. This is five weeks now you're seeing improvement in the yeah. offensive line. So to ultimately move the football, that is where it needs to happen. That's how you win. That's your bread and butter going away from running with Jordan Howard. He had 80 yards in the first half, Lauren. 80. Yeah, like... We went away like, from That running. run, I was like, geez, that run that he had. It's unbelievable geez. to me. To he's, like, he's our starter. I, I don't know. I, when, Jordan Lank, when Jeremy Langford comes off the injury list, he's going to be the backup. And then like, Jared totally. And I think Jordan Howard is like... Like I did a calculation on Twitter. He's like he had his yardage today, so like I did like a little graph. Like he's gonna have a thousand yards if he's playing the way he's playing right now. He's gonna have a thousand yards. I don't know how many touchdowns he has, but I'm gonna go with like six or seven. But um, he's gonna have a thousand yards because this guy's playing like he's like Wavy on Bell or something. Yeah, he's hundred yard games add up. But uh, let me let me yeah. ask you this, AJ. If assuming yeah. Jay Cutler's hurt still next week and isn't ready to go, mm-hmm. do you start Matt Barkley over Brian Hoyer? Well, there's a few throws that Matt Barkley, like he had, he had, he had a 
he had some time to throw the ball, and he just like, threw it out of bounds. Like, I mean, like, throw it up to Cameron Meredith, throw it up to Alshon Jeffrey, and, like, he didn't do it. He threw it away. <laughs> but, like, if, like, if, it, if, it, if, if, if I was John Fox, I'd go ahead and see what Mac Barkley has, because, like, I mean, like, USC quarterback, he was good in college. Like, see if, see if that, see if it works. I mean, like, he's moved around a lot. So, I mean, let's see. I, I would start. I would start Matt Barkley though. Well, AJ, uh, thanks a ton for coming on. But I think we're gonna we're gonna open it up for for everyone else. But hopefully, we'll we'll have you back on the line again next week. Oh, uh, next week I'm calling for sure. Hopefully, AJ. <laughs> AJ, don't eat too many carbs. Okay, I won't. I won't. I'm actually. <laughs> I'm actually getting to that point where I need to lose weight myself too. So. All right, well, the, mun- the munchies might not help with that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it won't. It won't. It won't. I'm serious. It won't not help. All right, guys. All right, have Thanks, a good right. So, Phil, I mean, you, you did make a good point. We have been kind of, uh, I guess, piling on Brian Hoyer a little bit. And I don't think either one of us is saying that Brian Hoyer did a bad job today. I mean, you can't just – not everyone can throw for 400 yards – but the, the key here is about moving the needle and about making the difference in the game. And if Brian Hoyer isn't winning you ball games, then you need to get another option because he's not losing you the game. But like you said, he's a good backup. He's a good check down Charlie. If you need him for a game and you can rely on your defense to win, you know, maybe not against an Indianapolis Colts offense, but against, you know, like the Detroit Lions last week, he can win you those games. But you need a quarterback under center that can win you the game, can make the difference in the passing game. And I don't think Brian Hoyer is that. And we don't know whether Matt Barkley is or not. So if, if Brian Hoyer isn't winning you games and isn't moving the needle, why not give Matt Barkley the opportunity to show you? And if he comes out and he throws some bad balls, you put Brian Hoyer in the game and you're back where you were. But if Matt Barkley goes out there and shows you that, hey, we might have a young quarterback that we can work on developing, then you roll with him for a few games and you see what you have. Because it's starting to look like, and it's pretty pretty clear that with the way the team's going now this season is – more or less out of the picture here for the for the long term unless Jay Cutler can get healthy and pull off some comeback of the of the century really for this team right now because hope appears to be mostly lost. But I mean, you're you're in full agreement about Matt Barkley giving you a better opportunity, right? Well, I, I you know I look at John Fox and this wasn't the coach I thought he was. I am a big I went on record big John Fox fan. I think this was a huge football game here, and you need to get two in a row. Then you're playing Jacksonville. You could get three in a row, and all of a sudden you're turning around your season. So no matter how many yards Brian Hoyer threw for you, the reality of Jay Glazer going on television saying it's Brian Hoyer's job to lose, it's pointless to even talk about Matt Barkley because ultimately John Fox has made the decision that Brian Hoyer is the Bears quarterback. And how fans feel about that, to me, you should all be upset. Those Jay Cutler Jacists out there obviously have been waiting in the bushes for this because ultimately the guy has been injured. (laughs) What could he do to prove to you against two of the crappiest defenses in the NFL? I mean, ultimately, this... Ship is sinking because of the head coach, Lauren. I think that needs to be the conversation. Why make and create? Would this ever happen in New England? Like, making this quarterback controversy. You knew that your GM was quoted last April, right after the draft, 
were building around Jay Cutler. That was the move. Everybody was on board with that. The first sign of toughness, injury, whatever happened, or whatever's going on in the locker room, I don't know. We don't know. I'm not privy to that. But the reality is you've created an atmosphere of separation. There's anxiety. And and the play on the football field ultimately showcases a not very well-coached football team. 500 yards of offense netting 23 points is unheard of. It's disgusting. And if you're okay with Brian Hoyer doing that, fans out there, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But ultimately, when the game was on the line and you needed to win, what transpired was ugly, forcing your franchise investment to go to the sideline and slam his helmet down, embarrassing his quarterback. And that says the whole thing for me, if Brian Hoyer should be starting. Will Coach Fox listen? Who knows? Well, and again, uh, we're we're open. The phone lines are open. We're taking your calls. It's six zero eight four six seven five seven one seven. Definitely opening to hear some thoughts on John Fox, Brian Hoyer, the quarterback situation, the coach situation, anything you want to talk about. We'll talk about it. But I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we love to put all the put all the focus and the outrage on the quarterback here, and it kind of just distracts. And by we, I guess the the media, but it distracts from the bigger issues on this team. I mean, when, in those first two games that Jay was in, was the quarterback the reason you were losing those games? You know, really, was it the quarterback or was it the offensive line that was getting him hit? Was it the running back that wasn't even getting carries or was it the defense <laughs> that was getting torched by Brock Osweiler and Carson Wentz? I mean, let's be honest here. Jay Cutler was wasn't playing well because he was hurt, but even Jay Cutler's hurt performance was probably what, seventh or eighth on your list of the top ten things that were hurting the Chicago Bears in their first two losses. I mean, really, I I always say with Jay, if you can get to a point with the Bears where Jay Cutler is the biggest problem, you know, the couple interceptions he throws, that's the biggest problem for your team, then you've already built a playoff team around him because if you can get to the point where the running game's not a problem, the the offensive line's not a bigger problem, the defense is not a bigger problem, the coaching's not a bigger problem, then you've built such a strong team around your quarterback – that you, you've got a playoff team, and when Jay Cutler's your biggest problem, that's when you can talk about making a change at quarterback. But, you know, when in the last when, – when in Jay Cutler's entire Bears career has he been in the top three or five of the biggest problems with the team? Because I don't think I've ever seen a moment in this team's history with Jay that he has been the biggest issue. He's been – he's made mistakes. He's made plenty of mistakes, and we both talk about this. But – it's, there's always more to your football team and more to your offense than just your quarterback. And I don't know why. I, I think part of it's the, the fantasy football mindset that, that people don't get that, that they see they see his stat line and they, they see, oh, he, he didn't score as many fantasy points. I mean, in, in that same mindset of, you know, he didn't have 400 yards like Brian Hoyer. He didn't have two touchdowns and no interceptions like Brian Hoyer. But there's so <laughs> much more. I mean, I, I don't know how many how many different ways we can say it. It's, it's 11 people on offense, and it's not just the quarterback. I mean – Brian Hoyer's efficiency points to me to the offensive line playing better, to the running game stepping up, to receivers making plays. And and that's why you see Brian Hoyer complete 75% of his passes for 400 yards. And that's why you saw, for those same reasons in the opposite direction, that's why you saw Jay Cutler struggle and throw interceptions and get sacked a lot of times because he didn't have the running game, didn't have the offensive line, didn't have receivers stepping up. So I, I don't know how you can not see you can see what the bears are doing around hoyer and not be like oh man let's get jay cutler in there let's see what jay cutler can do with all this help because the, the narrative is always well if jay cutler goes in then the, the offense is somehow going to drop off I, I don't quite get 
where that comes from even how that how that goes in your mind and you connect it in that direction because it's just like I don't know if it's this predisposition to automatically view Jay Cutler as a negative but after all the plays he made late in games last year to keep you in those games that you lost by three and four and two points it's it's this recency bias of, of what sticks in people's minds from the Texans and the Eagles loss that Jay Cutler is all of a sudden bad again like he's not the, the quarterback that did incredible things last year recency bias that should be a hashtag for the new age of football. Lauren, you hit it right on the head because it's not ever looked at what this guy has had to endure. It's what has he done now? Well, he can't do anything now because he's in the locker room on the sideline in a sweatsuit. The reality is if that's okay with you, then and I know I keep saying the reality because it seems like everybody's so far from reality. I, I shouldn't say everybody. There's a lot of fans out there that get it. They understand. They understand what's going on. They understand the big picture. And and I don't know. Uh, I saw some people on my timeline that really expressed a disregard to invest investment, paying money to see this abysmal, pathetic product. I agree. How could you go into this and say, listen, I'm going to fork up $450 to go watch this football team with my family and invest that when they're not even playing the best players that are going to help you ultimately win and be successful? It's great to, to put up yards, but really, do those yards matter at the end of the day or does the W in the column matter? I'll always stand by that. The rookie had 118 yards of offense out there or more, and you went away from that. You decided that you're going to be smarter than the average bear, and you get to exactly where the average bear goes, and that's in the loss column. So I can't ever express anything other than the truth. The tape will tell me a lot more when I just get a chance to sit down and look at this pathetic ending. But if kickers aren't, at Hallis Hall on Monday, then there's a serious issue with your general manager and your stubborn head coach. Absolutely. So all of the stubborn talk by those Denver Bronco fans, I salute you because I'm seeing what it is you're talking about. I've never expected this kind of coaching decision-making and and ultimately reprimanding your players in the wrong places at the end of the day, Lauren. I think Jay Cutler's getting the easy stick like Aaron Cromer and Mark Tressman tried to do to him. And I think this is going to be a case where um, Ryan Pace is going to give John Fox a rookie quarterback or a new quarterback, and thus that's going to give them time because they're rebuilding. But ultimately, when games are in the a grasp of victory, who messed up the most on the Bears team? Well, you know, I was just going to say, there's been so many disappointments on this team across the... I mean, you look at Kevin White getting hurt, Leonard Floyd getting hurt, you know... Uh, drafted. Play, <laughs> you know, players that you wanted to see more from that you just haven't. But I think, and, and even Bobby Massey playing so quickly, but the biggest disappointment has to be John Fox. I mean, we thought... Even last year, we saw things that, encur that were encouraging about the ability that he showed to coach this team, but it's just completely fallen off. 
and it's to the point where you're, you're right. I mean, we were both we were both really high in him because it seemed like the Denver Bronco teams he coached they were disciplined. There was accountability. You know, we, there was all the talk about Peyton Manning covering warts, but even Peyton Manning was kind of struggling, especially in the later years there. So I mean, they were overcoming and they were doing the right things to build a dominant defense and to help their quarterback. And it's just been a complete 180 in Chicago, and it's almost like a different. John Fox than he, than it was in Denver and than it was in Carolina. I don't know. It, it really it's really hard when you don't know the behind the scenes because it, it's just not all adding up to us on the outside. I don't know what it is about Fox. If there's someone else influencing something or if it's just he's trying to do something different. He's getting away from what he is as a coach. I, I really don't know what it is, but it's 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 tough to watch and it's it's definitely disappointing to be so wrong about a guy that you thought was consistent in, in what he's able to do as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, as the final t- seconds ticked off the clock like they're doing in this show, it really showcased an opportunity for you to win, no matter how ugly it was or pretty it was. There's The positives that you gained in this game are all gone because of how ugly it ended. And there was a real opportunity. So those chomping at the bit and and marching in the Hoyer parade, let's not forget, game on the line doesn't even find, A, the open man, but even more important, A-plus, Alshon Jeffrey, your franchise football player. And, you know, let's give... Ryan Pace a little bit of credit here because it's easy to get him washed up and we talked about you know if they don't bring in a kicker he definitely deserves some blame but a lot of the players that he has made decisions on lately I mean obviously Bobby Massey is a big kind of red flag against that but I mean Cameron Merritt is stepping up to play it was an undrafted free agent he found last year <laughs> Jordan Howard and, and Phil you get credit too for Cameron Meredith I hear you I hear why, you. why is this guy why are Howard and him sitting like it's not very hard to watch tape I mean, it is if you don't know what you're looking at. But those people that are watching tape, it's not hard to see that Daniel Braverman, uh, Cam Meredith, and Jordan Howard, three young players, could give you an opportunity to make plays. And and the kid Broniker. So Paulson and forcing Kevin White in there. I just, why is it hard, Lauren? And it, it all points again to John Fox. I mean, you see in these guys, and I didn't even get to go through the full list of guys here, but, you know, Howard, Meredith, Cody Whitehair is playing outstanding at center, especially as he's gotten more comfortable in that. I mean, obviously adding Josh Sitton, and, that, and that's all just on the offense. You look at the defense, Hakeem Hicks has been a great signing. Freeman and Trevathan are obviously solid. Bryce Callahan, another undrafted free agent that Ryan Pace found that's playing well. Jones Corte before he got, quote-unquote, benched for performance, which – I don't wow. quite get he's playing well. Cravan LeBlanc, the late addition, he's playing well in the game. I mean, Ryan Pace is doing a good job of acquiring talent for this team. We're seeing these guys that you and I talk about week in, week out. It's like, why isn't this guy playing? And then they get in the game, and they play well. And you have to wonder if Ryan Pace is sitting up in the in the box, wonder, you know, and, and during the week watching practices, like, why, why isn't this Daniel Braverman kid out there? And, and weeks ago, why isn't Jordan Howard getting more playing time? And why isn't Cameron Meredith getting more playing time? And then it happens, and... What do you know? Ryan Pace was right. Phil and Lauren were right. And it, it's, it's like week after week. Ben Broniker is going to get an opportunity here. And he'll probably – it seems like he's one of those guys that's probably going to showcase a few things. I mean he'll have work to do. He's a young undrafted free agent. But there's so many of these young guys that it's just like 
give them the opportunity. And we're seeing it every once in a while. John Fox will finally break it because injuries are forcing these guys in there. And it's like, oh, hey, he's good. And now you have a new starting running back because he was forced to play him. So credit to Ryan Pace, but you got to question John Fox here that he continues to take so long to find these guys. Even last year, it took him a while to get other running backs involved with with Adam Gase, get other receivers involved. And defensively, same kind of thing. Took a long time to figure out that Bryce Callahan was good in, in the slot. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of, some of the linebackers. It took forever to get Shane McClellan and Christian Jones off the field for John Timu and Jonathan Anderson. I mean, why is it so hard for this coaching staff when Ryan Pace seems to be able to supply this team with quality young depth? It's just they're not seeing the field. And we could we end the Deontay Thompson thing. I mean, he's giving you a return to the 30. If he takes it and takes a knee, he gets it at the 25, okay? So can we move on from that? I mean, are we at that point, Lauren? It's like one thing after the other with a, a Lisique. What is he doing for you? Did we even we ran one play with a fullback, I believe. Yeah, and with uh, yeah, he was on the field for one play on offense. You're right, and we've only got about three minutes left in this game. But Marcel Reese is a free agent. Let's talk about that. I mean, the New England Patriots are going to swoop exactly. this guy up at some point. But go get Marcel Reese. He is so good. I mean, he was suspended for the first four games, but he's Reese a blocker. He's and a Howard. Yeah, Reese and Howard in that backfield. I mean, and Reese can even do some move tight end stuff, move him around. I mean, that's a guy that I need to see on this football team, not Paul Lasique. But totally agree about Meredith on the special, on the, or I mean, Deontay Thompson on the kickoff returns. And I thought LeBlanc made a few poor decisions on the punt today, yeah. not not catching the fair catches. But I think that's a little more excusable than the, what what Deontay Thompson was doing, just because with punts you never know. I mean, no one the punters can't control how the ball bounces. I mean, they, they can do different, you know, you can do end over end versus different spins, but at the end of the day, it depends on the exact angle that the ball lands. So I can see where the special teams coach will tell LeBlanc if it's in a certain area, just let it bounce. And and that's probably, he was just probably doing what he's been told, and it just worked out a couple times that the, the Colts got the roll, but certainly they could have bounced backwards and it would have been the right decision. So I try not to hold him too accountable there, but if you're comfortable with LeBlanc returning punts, Give him a chance it. to return a kickoff, you know, or maybe even like Jeremy Langford. See what he can do when he's healthy. I mean, somebody else, but Deontay Thompson's not getting it done. I agree, Lauren, and and it, it just baffles me because you got this kid, Braverman. He could come and make a fair catch for you. I mean, seriously, <laughs> highlight real fair catch. Just fair catch it. Just get up there at the twenty and fair catch. I was a a big check mark against my boy LeBlanc this week because ended up getting a 94-yard touchdown drive. But still, you got to come up if it's above the 20 and make the catch. Your toes are on the 10. If it's in front of you, you go fair catch it. Well, and we've only got about uh, a minute left here, so I, I think that's where we'll end it. Obviously, a, a look to the future here is we want to see more of these younger guys get playing time. And, and so far, we've been we've got a pretty good track record of, of calling for these guys to play and them playing well. So hopefully we'll see John Fox force some of these guys in the lineup because they absolutely deserve it. But I want to thank AJ and um, Joe from Pennsylvania for calling in. Uh, everyone else is listening. Don't be afraid to call in next week. We definitely uh, love to get some more opinions on here. But that's going to have to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to Bears Hour Live. Phil, any last-second thoughts? I know Alshon Jeffries out there. I know he can't wait for Cutler to come back. Either can I, Lauren. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day and bear down.